today's topic is a rather fun one, um, and one that sounds quite ironic, um, considering the profession I'm currently in. Today we're talking about when it's time to quit therapy. Now, this is kind of a taboo subject for some clinicians, but it's immediately hilarious when you realize that as a private practice therapist, I make most of my money from clients who decide to stay in therapy. Now, look, my ultimate goal for all of my clients is to do the work that they need, not just in practical skills, but in understanding themselves to the point where they might not even need therapy ever again. I'm no wizard and I don't have any kind of magic potion that will cure people, but I really want those that are under my care to feel equipped and understood enough that if they were to ever need therapy again, it would be for a spot check or because something significant happened and they need reminders on how to process what's in front of them. As a therapist working in this field for a period of time, it has become more and more unfortunately obvious to me that just because someone has a license to be a therapist doesn't mean that they're a great one. Again, I'm not perfect, and there are many clients that don't quite gel with my personality, and that's totally fine. I take no personal offense. I've also had plenty of clients who have told me, let's call them horror stories, of being in therapy before. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that you've thought about or even been in therapy yourself. So I hope that these things don't apply to you, but there's a good chance that they do. As a therapist, because I work on deeper issues, I have many clients who've had previous experience in therapy. So the information today, when it's time to quit therapy, not only comes from my interactions as a therapist, but from the stories my clients have told me. Again, I realize the irony in this whole topic, but in the end, I want people to be better. It would be nice if there was no need for the job that I have, but while there is still hurt in the world, there will be people that are willing to help. So I'm gonna break this up into three different sections of when you should quit therapy, okay? We're going to talk about at the very beginning stages, including intake, in the middle of therapy, and when to be done and wrap things up. I hope this is useful for you in terms of understanding the process of therapy yourself. Make it a little less intimidating. Make it a little more tangible and less overwhelming to consider. So, let's start with the beginning stages of therapy. I don't consider that intake. The beginning stages of therapy are when someone starts researching a therapist or they hear about someone who does therapy well. The beginning of that is an invitation for a clinician to show who they are and what they do. Sometimes that is a very good first impression. And it's accurate. And unfortunately, sometimes it's not. The beginning of the therapeutic relationship begins when someone considers that they could be helped. 
by the person on the other side of the room. Here's some things that you need to look out for and some things that can be a great sign. Number one, when you do reach out to a potential therapist, how quickly do they respond? Some of our schedules are busier than others, and myself, I have too many things to do and too many plates spinning, but I do recognize the importance of getting back in a timely manner with those that are reaching out. If you don't hear anything from a therapist that you've called or emailed within a few business days, I think it's perfectly reasonable to start considering how invested that therapist might be. Now, there's always vacation, but I have heard too many clients tell me that they had reached out to a whole bunch of therapists and hadn't even gotten an automated email response saying that their caseload was full or that they were on vacation or that they didn't think the case was a right fit. So if the potential therapist is not responsive, that would be a concern. If when you call this therapist, you find that they are short or seem uninterested or hurried, it's also something to consider. We all have our bad days as therapists. We're only human, but this is an opportunity for you to really search the deep parts of yourself and change the way that you live. I think it's perfectly reasonable to assume that your therapist should be emotionally present. But let's say you make it through all these stages. You do an intake call just to see what a scheduling looks like and everything seems to be correct and working. But let's say you sit down with someone and you find your therapist disinterested or distracted. Again, we all have our bad days, but quite frankly, you're paying for this. To some degree, you are a customer. You should get what you pay for. So if you sit down in therapy and don't find any benefit after an honest examination, that's something for you to consider whether you want to stay around or not. At the very beginning of therapy, if it seems like it's not the right fit, whether that's because of personalities or worldviews, you don't have to stay. You can leave at any time, barring any contractually obligated cancellation times, you can leave. There's nothing keeping you there. I mentioned before that I've had plenty of clients that have told me horror stories. I've had them as well. I've been to therapy, and I remember sitting in front of a therapist who spent 40 minutes talking about themselves. In the last 10 minutes were small talk. It was awful. Don't go back to those therapists and don't feel bad for telling them you're not coming back. Remember, you're paying for this. If you're going to pay for it and be invested, you should probably talk about you. That's what you're there for. So if you come across a therapist and you think to yourself, wow, this person has no idea what they're talking about. If there are other options, don't go back. Call somebody else. In fact, I would encourage you to even create a screening process for yourself. 
When you do those intake calls or you're in that very first session, come with a list of questions. I encourage people to do this. When you sit down with me, ask me everything that is important to you. Yes, I'm in constant evaluation of my clients, but they get that same right. They can sit and ask me anything, whether it's how I work with people, what's important to me in terms of progress and what it looks like to end sessions. You should be able to ask all of those questions because, again, you're paying for this. You get to decide how all of this works as long as the therapist can give you reasonable answers and you can agree to it. Therapy can continue, but if it feels like there's not a cohesive plan, don't go. Now, you won't get an exact timeline for sessions unless there's some specifically outlined agreement, but if a therapist can't give you a general understanding of their process of therapy, don't go. In the middle of therapy, there can be other ways that you can find yourself not willing to continue. The first is if you realize that not only are you unable to access certain things, that you're just not ready. And that's okay. What I mean by not ready is not that you're resistant or you're unsure what happens next, but that you sit with yourself and you can make peace with yourself and those around you that while you might be willing because of time, energy, involvement, or place in life, you're just not ready to get into it. You don't have to go back and spend the money and spend the time and the effort and the rescheduling just to do it. If you're not ready, you're not ready. Another reason to step away is if there's a conflict of goals. As therapists, we always have goals for clients because we've done this before. We have a general idea of what works. But if your goals and your therapist's goals don't align, don't go. If you feel a great need to understand yourself better and your therapist keeps telling you that you have to work on coping skills, even though you feel like yours are adequate, that's a problem. And you don't have to stick around to argue it out with the therapist. Remember, you're a customer here. We're paying money either through your insurance company or out of pocket. There's also a conflict of morality that can happen. Maybe there's a big topic that's important to you. And if you and the therapist disagree in a meaningful way, it can be a consideration. Now, I'm not saying if someone's political party affiliation isn't yours, you can't receive benefit. There's certainly been many clients that I've had that have successfully transitioned in and out of therapy, and we disagreed on a great many things. But if there's a sticking point for you, something that's incredibly important that can't be resolved, you have to weigh on how worth it it is to stick around. One of the big reasons that people do quit therapy in the middle of the therapeutic process is when they feel like it's not going anywhere that you show up every week and you feel like you're invested, but nothing is happening. You should ask your therapist what's going on. 
Remember, you signed up for therapy at the beginning, but you're signing up for therapy every week you show up. If it doesn't feel like anything's happening, ask. See if the therapist has a reason for stalling. If there's something in the middle that they're hoping that you see, if they don't have an answer, they might not know either. One of the biggest reasons that people quit in the middle of therapy that I've seen and I've unfortunately heard about is if someone shows up to therapy and it seems like the therapist has no direction and doesn't even remember what you guys had been talking about, that they seem to be flying by the seat of their pants, that it's chaotic and undirected. If you feel like you're not getting what you need and your therapist is not engaged and invested, Tell them. Don't just leave and not say anything. Tell them. Not for their benefit, but for yours. You feel like therapy isn't going anywhere? A therapist isn't engaged? You don't tell them that, first and foremost, for their own feedback. You do it so that you have a voice. That's one of the biggest reasons clients quit therapy in the middle of the process is when they feel like they can't speak up or that what they're looking for isn't important. At the end of the therapeutic process, you'll know it's time to leave therapy when it seems like there's not much else to talk about. I don't mean that there's nothing that people want to talk about, but if you were to take a scan of everything that brought you into therapy and everything that was uncovered and you realize that everything feels resolved, and that there's nothing left, it can be time to slow down or work away from therapy altogether. I often do this with clients and I'll ask, what is it that you want to talk about? Because it seems like to me, you've gotten everything that you needed. If that's the case, I encourage clients, if we're doing weekly therapy, to go down to every two weeks and eventually down to once a month and then to end sessions altogether. Because again, I don't want clients to be in therapy forever. I want them to live whole and happy lives and feel like they understand themselves enough to be able to make those changes. Another way that you'll know that it's time to end therapy is when you feel like you can consistently handle issues on your own, big and small. When you feel those great elements of success and not feel like there's another step that you have to take. When you can resolve all of these issues on your own, whether that's internal conflict, conflict with others, particularly around a significant other or family, when you can do all of those things, therapy can seem more like an update or someone to congratulate you for your success. And quite frankly, you don't need a therapist to tell you that you're doing a good job. You have loved ones for that. Of course, a therapist's opinion is going to mean something significant because they were probably there helping you through all of these things, but you need to live the rest of your life. The last way that you'll know in the end that it's time to end therapy is when your life feels some level of calm and peace and resolution. Now, I don't mean that everything is fine and that life doesn't have problems, but you have this overarching sense of 
control and calm about how to handle things. You might not know exactly what to do, but you know how to do it. You know how to figure out the next steps and you feel confident that you can do so. So what do we do with all of this? Am I telling the listener, hey, if you're uncomfortable, quit? No, (laughs) it's not that at all. What I've worried about after all of these years is that clients have stuck around in therapy all over the world simply because it was quote unquote the right thing to do or it's what you're supposed to do. I've heard many arguments and concerns that young people just go to therapy too much. And to some degree, I disagree. And to some degree, I get it. Look, therapy has been a taboo thing for a long time. You only went to therapy if something was, quote unquote, really wrong. Times have changed, and there was an important point in this process where you went to therapy if you needed help, which is not inherently a bad thing. It is unfortunate, though, that that pendulum has swung So far to the other end that now you go to therapy because that's what you're supposed to do. Do some people need therapy? Yes, very much so. Most people don't need therapy, though. Most people need open and vulnerable relationships in their lives. They need people to care about them and to learn to trust and care about others in a healthy way. One of my least favorite one-liners nowadays is, everyone needs therapy. No, they don't. They need personal responsibility. They need kindness and compassion for others. And they need hope for the future. If you can find that outside of my therapy office, go do it. You don't need a therapist for that. But many people need therapists because those that were supposed to be that for them or supposed to teach them how to do it didn't. And so for that reason, as therapists, we end up being pseudo-parental figures or pseudo-loved ones or significant others. We step in the gap for hopefully a short period of time to help our clients learn that healthy and vulnerable relationships are okay. While I might be a therapist and have some element of separation, that there is a way to live a vulnerable and connected life with people who care about you. And so outside of these parameters, outside of needing to find specific skills or needing to explore things that those around you can't help you with, why would you need to go to therapy? I would contend that while there are many people that need to go to therapy because their life is unmanageable, they feel no sense of direction or hope, there are plenty of people that are in therapy or glamorize therapy, and they shouldn't. Many people need to quit therapy and grow up, take accountability for their own growth. Because many times as a therapist, either 
in residential facilities, outpatient, or in my own private practice, one of the biggest issues isn't knowledge. It isn't an ability to utilize skills, simply that people don't want to. And as a therapist, I can create a buffer between a client and the loved ones around them that have expectations. Let me give it to you this way. If I have a husband who is an alcoholic in my office and he struggles with emotional engagement with his wife, when his wife complains that he still feels distant even though he's sober, do you know what a great explanation that you can have in just telling her that you're working on it in therapy? How is that wife supposed to argue? Well, he's not drinking, and we're not at risk of losing the house, but I feel emotionally disconnected. It can be rather convenient to have a therapist because then people expect less of you. Someone probably heard that and felt a little bit of sting. I hope so. For those that aren't in therapy but have a loved one who is in therapy, know that the therapeutic experience should not be an excuse for poor behavior. Your therapist should not be a distance from the things that you need to do. They should be someone who helps you understand and calls you to make those actions. And that can be the greatest reason to quit therapy when you're using it as an excuse or as a buffer from engaging in what is really needed. And that's honestly when I start firing clients, which again can sound odd considering my income is entirely commission-based. If clients don't show up, I don't get paid. And if I don't get paid, I don't end up with zero. I end up in debt because I got to pay everybody else. I care more about people getting well than I do about meeting a certain deadline. So I'm okay with firing clients who are using me as leverage because I'd rather them go live a healthy life than get a part of my paycheck. So for anyone who's considering why they've been in therapy for five years, unless you're one of the extreme cases, you might be using therapy as a crutch as an excuse for why you're not good enough. Sometimes you need to quit therapy because you are good enough. Your behavior is fine. It's not that you should be fired from therapy because you're awful. You should be fired from therapy because you're capable. That's honestly one of the weirdest things to do as a therapist, to fire clients because they're good. <laughs> I hope you've heard some of these things today and you consider your own engagement in therapy, whether you're attending sessions or not. What is it that you want out of therapy? What's the expectation and what can specific therapists offer you? You should interview them. And if they're terrible, fire them. If you have a session with a therapist on the front end in the first few sessions that's uncomfortable, you can consider not going back. If you've been in therapy for a period of time and something a therapist said kind of gave you a wrong impression or made you feel awkward or weird, confront them about it. You're paying for this whole experience. You should get everything you pay for. 
If at the end you realize that things feel resolved, don't use therapy as a crutch for embracing the rest of your life. Go live your life. You don't need therapy to be happy. You don't need therapy to be whole. Once you've gotten what you need and you feel engaged with the people around you, leave. At that point, you're capable. Go fly the nest, as it said. Thank you for tuning in today and listening to this point of view and this perspective on therapy and when it's time to leave. I hope that you've gained information today that is useful not only to yourself, but maybe to those around you. Maybe you need to get into therapy to address issues, or maybe you need to leave. Maybe you need to encourage others to do the same. If you feel the need to leave a tip, you can. I can pay my producer to keep publishing these episodes for me. If not, I hope you take this information and consider it for your own life and supporting others. <laughs>